Tales from the Doghouse, Separation Anxiety Explained. I'm Ness Jones. I am in Australia and uh, I'm from Separation Anxiety in Dogs Decoded. And with me today is the lovely... Me, <laughs> me, 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 <laughs> Sarah McLaren from the UK from Separation Anxiety Solutions. And also we have the lovely... Daisy Bell in the US with Focus Fun. Um, today we are going to be talking about dogs who struggle with other behavioral issues besides separation anxiety, um, how we can make that not be so overwhelming and prioritize training and kind of um, work through what that could look like for you in a doable way. So let's get to it. There are no other behaviour problems, are there? <laughs> well, there's nothing else other than separation. There's anxiety. nothing else. That's all I can see. Yeah. Um, so what, what are the big ones that you guys kind of see in your separation anxiety clients? Just to kind of give people something to, to think about or a framework there. I normally get a lot of the, the things that kind of... Um, that people think are separation anxiety but are quite often other issues that look like separation anxiety so the things like uh, the barrier frustration around gates and doorways uh things like you know jumping up to take things off work tops uh, emptying bins when the owners go out um you know you know those the the kind of things that look similar but but are not anything to do with it um sometimes the odd food garden issue, uh, things to do with with going out, particularly the one where you know we all go out as a family, and when one of us leaves, the dog falls apart. Mm. All those kinds of things. I quite often get a lot of that. Um, in addition to those, um, I think another really common one for me is, or two really common ones for me, are um, dogs who either have like kind of stranger danger feelings or reactivity towards other dogs or people or um, dogs who are sound sensitive mm. or fearful of noises. So I think those are the, the big ones for me. How about you, Ness? Yeah, I mean, a lot of my clients, uh, their dogs have more generalized anxiety. So they're mm. not just anxious about being left alone. They're anxious about life in general. And, and yes. again, it's all those things that you just mentioned, being fearful of maybe other dogs or people or mm. uh, reactive to, to noises, um, which can also trigger separation anxiety. So they would be big ones for me. Um, yeah. And then, of course, you've got sort of the ones that are, as you said, Sarah, which are, um, you know the frustration FOMO sort of thing so it looks like separation anxiety but is it just so our listeners know as well that uh, apart from being separation anxiety trainers we are all dog trainer 
behavior people in our own right as well as that where we're not i mean well i only deal with separation anxiety cases these days but we do all have um, a good solid grounding in in behavior and training it's interesting because um i wonder every dog owner is different as we know and every dog's different but you have to wonder sometimes how much training pet owners put into their dogs outside of you know outside of separation anxiety so you know does their dog come when they're called and mm. um, all those sort of things um i i had a client that went to the vet to talk about their dog's uh separation anxiety and the vet's response was because it was a young dog young boisterous dog the vet's response was well you need to do the the NILF program, um, mm. you know, nothing, nothing in life is free. And I mean, perhaps it's the NILF program is, you know, it's got a lot to offer. It's a good thing to teach pups, perhaps, maybe. Um, mm. I mean, it certainly doesn't hurt, but it's got nothing to do with solving separation anxiety. I don't love it, honestly. Um, because this is the reason though because i think it puts people in a different mindset in relationship to their dog than maybe it's healthy like could you imagine just like thinking at of it from a relational aspect um you know you, you pretty much you have to earn everything positive in your life you know like you can't just reach down and pet your dogs yeah. because they're there and because you like doing it and they like having it done you know so to me i would rather um use one of the more updated protocols plenty of life plenty in life is free or what is the other one um smart smart Isn't times that, 50. It's, that's Kathy Sadeo, isn't it? Kathy Sadeo yes. does that yeah. protocol with the Smart 50. Yeah, yeah. And so that one is basically looking for behaviors that you want to see more of and rewarding those behaviors, right? And so to me, that is a much more positive mind frame to come from. So instead of, um, you know, earning everything you're kind of looking for ways to reward your dog um which i just resonates with me more i i agree with what you're saying stacy um i just think for some pet owners maybe it offers some i don't know like uh, clarity perhaps just to make life easier for them initially and nobody ever sticks to it do they no, no. <laughs> so well, and I think yeah that's the other thing about it is that it it's really not attainable Right. Oh, and so, you have like, to be so consistent. Yeah. You do. And so for some people, it feels like you're setting them up for failure. Right. So if mm. you say you have to do all of these things, then it's kind of like, well, I'm never going to do all of those things. So I'm failing right mm. off the bat. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And but I guess my point was that it's not helpful to go to a vets and be told that's what you need to do. <laughs> Oh, no. I 100% agree. It's not going to solve separation anxiety. <laughs> no, and to be to be fair, but you know, most most clients are not dog trainers, and they didn't get a dog because they want to be dog trainers either. No. We are we are as trainers are a really special breed, you know, and we we kind of, uh, and when I say special, I mean in that you know, with dogs, when we get dogs, we we just can't leave it alone, and we're constantly <laughs> doing something, and we're constantly finding things to reinforce and things to do when 
love to train and training is a joy you know and we get a real kick out of all this stuff for most people that's a bit like I don't know pulling teeth it's something that they do because they feel they have to but what they really want is a companion that they can go for a walk with and maybe leave at home while they go to the cinema it's not they don't want to do all this stuff do they so for us it's about finding the most uh, client friendly way of approaching these things so that they they don't become mountains they stay molehills because as soon as we make something into a mountain then no no one's going to go anywhere near it other I do get a lot of clients who come in and tell me how well the dogs can sit and stay and things which is lovely <laughs> but but you kind of like look at that and think that you know they really do have nothing to do with each other do they? the fact that your dog can do obedience behaviors has nothing to do with separation anxiety yeah, I, I, I agree, but I also think that, you know, training or training games as a part of enrichment is lovely. Um, so from that respect, or even just for uh, relationship building and all of those kinds of things. Um, but yes, I do agree that, you know, if your dog can do a sit stay while you're at the park and you run around in the trees, that doesn't necessarily make them <laughs> more able. Are you to naked running more. around in the trees, or you know, just <laughs> why are you running around in the trees, Stacy? Can I, you um I, just explain? <laughs> I don't know. Stacy, Stacy, why are you running around naked in the trees? Um, no, I have clothes on. I always have clothes. <laughs> when I'm running around in the trees. You're just getting in tune with nature, I know. Yes, you know what I'm like. <laughs> I was actually born on Earth Day. My birthday is on Earth Day. Actually, I don't know if Earth <laughs> Sarah, you're cracking up. trees or but I was born naked so there's <laughs> oh, oh, <dear. laughs> you've gone bright red Sarah <laughs> no, I'm just I'm not just absolutely sick on me I, was, I thought she was going to say I was born in the trees instead of Earth Day Earth Day came as a bit of a surprise there <laughs> anyway oh, anyway back to training <laughs> back to training um, so if, if somebody has a dog that is, uh, that has separation anxiety, but that is also struggling with, um, some other like pretty life impacting or bigger struggles, um, I think let, let's come up with some top tips for our listeners. Um, number one for me, and we can kind of go around number one for me is prioritize. So it can be overwhelming to try to tackle everything at once. And so I would say, uh, try to put a management strategy in place for what you can't tackle right away. And then maybe work on just one issue at a time, if that's all that you have headspace for. What do y'all mm -hmm. think of that? Yeah, definitely, because you, you can only work on one thing at a time, really, effectively anyway. You can't spread your time across too many things. Um, I often tell or advise clients to 
if they can actually do go to a, a, a training class of a type so it doesn't always have to be obedience stuff you know there's so many different things you can do out there now like scent work classes and um, agility and hoopers which is moving across I think it is in Australia now uh, and in America there's lots of things that you can do that involve basically organized play with your dogs that in, that will help you do something together mm-hmm. which takes you out of the house gives you something else to do and helps with all those with some of the other issues that come along with um, some of the behavioral problems that people have with separation anxiety it won't fix them but sometimes it can help a little bit yeah and make sure you do your research on trainers mm. don't so. don't go don't um because and I found this myself when I first entered the dog world, like you you find a trainer and because they are dog trainers, um, you mm. just assume that they're, they know everything and they're the experts, but you, you guys, well, we know that there's so many different types of dog trainers out there and they're not all as reputable or as knowledgeable as we would all like to hope for. So make sure you mm-hmm. do some research, ask loads of questions um, and, yeah. When we're training dogs with separation anxiety, with the ones that go on medication, quite often that will have a knock-on effect on some of the other uh, behaviours that are to do with anxiety, so the generalised anxiety and the sound sensitivity. Sometimes the medication can help with that without you even trying to do anything particularly. So while you're working on one thing, the other thing can ease off, and then once you've sorted out the separation anxiety side, then you can go on to the others, but quite often they've been... minimized would you say by the medication reduced decreased yeah Yeah, decreased that's a nice word yeah i i agree i think that when i'm working with clients the the dogs that have multiple areas of struggle that is kind of a indication to me that medication would be something to look at early in the process as opposed to, oh, let's just wait and see how training goes and then add in medication. Um, dogs that are, are struggling with multiple things in, in my eyes is, is really important to, to get that medication on board because it just helps the overall picture, especially if the dog has um, general anxiety. Mm. Um, and is in that kind of state of fear all the time. It's not, not a good place to be. No, then you're looking at toxic, chronic stress. I think management as well is another, is another strategy, isn't it, to use. If you can't deal with something at the time, then if you can manage it or if you can find some way to manage it safely until you get, can get to a point that you're dealing with it, then that will help. So if it was something like with the resource guarding, perhaps, you know, if you've got two dogs and one's resource guarded from another, then when you feed them, perhaps do it in different rooms or put a gate up or something yeah. that stops them from getting too close to each other. And if you've got dogs with the sound sensitivity or with, you know, visual things, as we spoke about in other episodes, we can do things to help block sound and block vision, uh, which will help to manage things until you can do something more permanent about them. Yeah, I think that's that's a really big thing because as long as the whatever it is that's making your dog feel anxious is part of the picture, it can impact um, your home alone training. Management is important, not only to to stop the 
fear and or anxiety, but also to stop them from rehearsing the behavior, right? So we don't want them to go ahead and continue resource guarding or um, continue having reactions to other dogs or people. We want to try to mitigate that as much as that as we can. So yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I do like what you were saying, prioritizing uh, is so important because, you know, having a dog with separation and anxiety is, is extremely difficult. So you do, you know, it takes, does take up so much headspace, doesn't it? So you do need to determine what your priorities are, you know, because if they've got, say they're also reactive to dogs outside the home, which one are you going to work on? Can you manage your absences so the dog isn't left at home, at home by itself in the meantime while you work on your dog reactivity because is it more important to take the dog out to the park and get it exercised? Hopefully not a dog park, but anyway, um, you know, and get it exercised. Um, or is it more important to work on the separation anxiety? Yeah, and so that kind of brings up another point. There are some other behavioral struggles that impact separation, uh, being able to resolve separation anxiety more or make it more difficult to resolve just in like when we're talking about reactivity to, to people or dogs. Well, that makes finding coverage much more difficult, right? So you have to, that process of, finding somebody that your dog can accept or finding somebody who doesn't have other dogs under their care is just a slower process and you have to be more intentional and there's not going to be as many options for you. So that can be really, really tricky. For sure. Yeah. Finding Uh, people to look after your dog who don't have any other dogs in the care can be um, quite difficult. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that, that can really impact training is the sound sensitivity one, because that one, it's almost hard to put it on the back burner because it does impact training so much. Like you can be in the midst of a session and the dog can be acing it. And then, you know, if one of their sound triggers happens, uh, it could cause the dog to, to kind of be anxious then yeah and I think uh, that's why people living in apartments struggle a lot more Mm -hmm. than um, houses because there's a lot of exterior external noises that can impact them and it doesn't have to be that they're even particularly sensitive to um, that external noise they might not be noise phobic but Mm -hmm. they uh, might hear something outside and start barking and then that just might tip over you know, it might just become that escalation. Instead of settling down, they might just continue. Mm-hmm. Quite often I send, send people to find a class to, to find, you know, just for something to do to, to, to have fun and, and to kind of like to, you know, let off a little bit of steam. But the, um, the side effect of that is that, you know, quite often it develops a, the relationship and can help with things that, with other things, other behavioural things at home. I often send people off to, other trainers as well so if there's anything that they can do uh with another trainer alongside the separation anxiety training so i have had a couple that have done things like um uh i think Catherine who we had on here as a guest she also had a, another trainer that she did 
walks with with her dog because he was quite reactive on lead uh, mm. so he would get very upset if another dog came near him when he was on a lead and he would lunge and bark and he was one of those where the medications that he was, was on for the separation anxiety bled into his generalized anxiety and just you know everything just got better over the time we were together right right I think um, for dogs with generalized anxiety you know they're not confident dogs and when we're teaching separation anxiety training we are teaching the dogs to be confident being home alone so it would be nice to think there is a spillover effect to the rest of their lives well I think in that there's one less area of their life that fear surrounds it that's good um and if you can work through the different areas that the dog is feeling uh, anxious about that's great but i do think i have worked with generally anxious dogs um and what i often find is like okay the dog is anxious about this squeak in the floor and so you help the dog the the pet mom or dad work through squeaking the floor is not something to be worried about anymore and then it leaks out somewhere else now i'm afraid to walk by the vent um the air vent or you know what i mean like so it's not like that something has happened bad with the squeak in the floor or the air vent it's just something that they're just all of a sudden feel anxiety about um so i've worked with dogs that like you keep on trying to counter condition or de and desensitize them to whatever they are feeling anxious about at the moment. But then like, then you just see it pop up somewhere else. Um, and I've seen for those types of dogs, medication really, really help just kind of give them that baseline of, um, I guess, stability in their brain chemistry so that, mm -hmm all of that is gone and you can just work on the, the bigger stuff um, like separation anxiety or reactivity or whatever it is. Um, well, another thing, I guess, if, if you have a dog that has separation anxiety, that that's, I mean, you hear us all the time talk about how it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint and learning's not a straight line and it's a lot of up and down. And, and that is also true with other behavior issues. Um, but if your dog is suffering from separation anxiety and also struggles in other areas, that's, that's a lot of pressure on the relationship. Right. Yeah. So I think like Sarah mentioned before, it's really important to find a way, whether it's a class or fun training games or um, hiking together or just anything that can make deposits into the relationship um, and, and help kind of patch up the uh, stress that's on the relationship there is a good thing. Um, one of my clients today made a list. She, she's um, struggling at the moment and she made a list of 10 things that she loves about her dog. And she mm -hmm. posts it on the door so that she remembers every time these are, <laughs> you know, 10 things that I love about my dog. Um, so I thought that, you know, that's a really good idea to try to 
do that, but also, um, like Sarah said, do things that, that you and your dog enjoy doing together. Yeah, yeah definitely. Sure. And there's lots of, I mean, these days, especially online, I mean, there's lots of um, trick classes uh, that you can do. And then the other one, the other one I really love is, uh, is, is scent work primarily because mm -hmm. every time I've seen an owner do scent work with the dog, they always get really, really chuffed when the dog finds it. <laughs> They're always yes. like, oh yeah, he found it, he found it. And we're like, well, yeah. <laughs> of course. Really yeah. Yeah, I also do. I love scent work for a lot of reasons, but I also do really love trick training because it's kind of one of those things that every, I think that people go into it with understanding that it's just for fun. Whereas mm -hmm. some other types of training, I think people put a little more pressure on it, you know, that we yeah. have to, you know, maybe the goals are a little bit different. I don't know, but I've just seen with like trick training people tend in general to be a little bit more relaxed about you know if it's not perfect no worries this is just for fun you know just um so I really do like that yeah, yeah. for sure um trick training is fun it is I, I used to shoot my dog oh I think you told us about that but yeah. you call it something different now yeah yeah we're not allowed to call it you're not allowed to shoot your dog anymore <laughs> but it is fun you're right and it, I mean look we know that the having a dog with separation anxiety does undermine um the relationship and uh, many owners do resent their dogs uh, and they feel guilty about resenting their dogs so they mm -hmm. don't only resent them they feel guilty <laughs> oh yeah. god it's horrible horrible for them but um yeah so having fun is so important and like as you say I know you said hiking but you know if you if you're near a beach yeah, mm. go to the beach with your dog and have you know go for a swim. Just get that lovely ozone into your lungs. Yeah, I'd love to live near a beach. Is it ozone down by the water that's really good for you? Um, hmm. I'm just gonna go with whatever you say on that. I don't really know. Yeah, um, but Sarah, the beaches in England. That the ones is wet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's rainy. Yeah. Um, the ones in Cornwall are beautiful, lovely sandy beaches. Oh, I've never been down there. I know uh, we went on holiday to Wales and there's a beach there that they used to use for the RAF to train pilots on because it's seven miles long. Oh. Which, for, oh. you know, England is a pretty long beach, isn't it? But we went there once and that was, when the tide went out, it was about a mile out. It was like wow. immense. <laughs> It was Isn't that a bit dangerous though? Can't you get once the tide comes in on those really low flats, they can it can just come and, and people get caught out there and drown? I think it <laughs> that's really cherry, I mean, isn't it? Sorry. It, <laughs> it takes hours to come in. I think the difficult one, there was another one that we went to that had lots of caves on it. I think that's the one where you could end up getting stuck somewhere. Right. Um, I just thought there was one that was like a the the this it's really flat. So when the water comes in, it comes in quite quickly. Yeah, and and people get caught out out there, and they can't get back in in time because oh, they are hmm. not expecting it to come in so quick. Yeah, no, 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 no. You don't have to be careful, especially. Well, I mean, you know, with my with my small water dog, you know, the old gun dog here that didn't read the book, who hates uh -huh. water uh, and won't go in the sea. So basically, beach is a a bit of a waste of time for him. But I like being on the beach, don't you? But yeah, I mean, anywhere that you can get. Anywhere that you can get away from anything is always is always good for the soul, isn't it? So, you know, not just for you, for your dog as well. I mean, your dogs love to be able to 
sniff about and explore new scents and you know even if even if you've got a dog that you can't let off lead you know if you can put them on a a long line maybe and, mm -hmm. and go somewhere where they can have a really good sniff about and get some really nice different experiences you know that mm. goes a long way towards having a more relaxed dog at home and tapping yeah. into genetics genetic drives as well so you know you've got the dash hounds that love to borrow so um yeah you know what borrow no, i just i have a um a client with a dachshund which is what oh, a dachshund guys... sorry oh whatever <laughs> well no I mean I think it's just a difference in that and how <laughs> you say it but she has one and she sent me a picture of a um dead mole yeah right that, yeah that she found that her dog Penny found and I was like wow taking enrichment to new levels huh <laughs> <laughs> well they used but, to yeah. kill they used to hunt badgers didn't they mm. They did. And badgers are nasty little yeah. buggers. Yeah, scary. So you can imagine how brave duck, duck, how do you say it? Dash I hounds. Call them dash, Let's call them doxies. Sausage. We do can call, call them doxies? sausage dogs. <laughs> okay. But, you know, like think about how brave they are if they can hunt down badgers. That's that's next next level stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, so, but they do like to burrow. So, uh, you know, if we can provide suitable enrichment for for each breed then that is mm -hmm. very helpful yeah and if your dog is a mixed breed or you know you're like my dog looks like a lab but he's not smells like a lab but, <laughs> <laughs> but he's not very he's lab like it like he he really looks like a lab but his personality is not very labby um but you know it, so if you're not sure if you have a mixed breed my point is just watch your dog what do they enjoy doing given the choice and then give them opportunities to do that what would you say his personality is more like well he's got some idiosyncrasies i'm gonna say <laughs> <laughs> he's a bit of a um i'm gonna call him neophobic oh. I, I don't i mean like we could slap a bunch of labels on him he doesn't love new things he doesn't really love people he doesn't know he which is not a lab thing you know labs no, are so very open yeah so very social um mm. and and so that's that's not really a him thing um he doesn't really like to swim if he can't reach oh. the bottom <laughs> so like he'll walk out but if it touches him too much mm, no thank you Ooh. um so he's got kind of a mash. I'm going to call him a mashup. I wouldn't say he's like definitely like, oh, he's a German shepherd in a lab body or anything mm. like that. He's just mm. like his own, his own thing, which I guess is, is something to recognize too. Even if you have a purebred dog, every dog is an individual. So always looking to see what, what your dog enjoys and then giving them opportunities for that yeah, yeah for sure i think it's important just to mention too that dogs don't come to you pre-programmed um you know you have to take the time to train them um well, I, and if you don't bother to train them they're not going to do what you ask <laughs> you just reminded me i had a, a friend of mine who's um 
boss got a, um, a Labrador and he was, uh, they used to go on shoots and he was saying that he'd got this gun dog um, and my friend was saying, oh, are you going to take it, you know, gun dog training? And he was like, no, it's a gun dog. And she was like, yeah, but you're going to take it training. Like, no, it's a gun dog. It's already trained. And she was like, I think you might find that you actually need to do it. She's like, no, 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 it's a gun dog. Okay. Oh, that's funny. My husband, I'm sure, thinks dogs know how to sit. Like when you get a new puppy, I'm sure he thinks they, they come pre-programmed. Like mm. if I tell it to sit, it's going to sit. I'm like, well, I th- uh, yeah. no, you have to train it. I think the other thing that people feel like dogs are pre-programmed to do and don't realize how difficult the behavior is, is loosely, loosely walking. Um, I think a lot of people just like think that's a natural behavior for dogs and it's it's just really not also the other one I hear is um you know the whole my dog won't come when it's cold and I'm like well how much training have you done have you know does it understand Mm. what come means oh you know no nothing (laughs) which by the way leads me into I have a course (laughs) it's it's called the reliable recall and uh if anybody would like to get their little cotton picking fingers on it, they can go onto my website, which is Rough Diamonds Dog Services, Rough being I-U-F-F, Rough Diamonds Dog Services, and go into the courses tab and you will find my reliable recourse course, my reliable recall course there. Love it. Love it. Uh, because, yeah, dogs don't come pre-programmed you got to train them and that's one of the things I do stress in that course is that you can't expect them to know you can't expect them to know you (laughs) to train them train your dog yeah I think recall and and loose leash are two of the hardest things to teach and yet they're also two of the things that people want to do the least that you know the the training for them they're the ones that people tend to do the least that you know but they they are the ones that require the most practice I mean I can't you know Ernie's got a well for what for, for certainly for the last few months has had an absolute perfect recall there's been no faults with it at all at any shape any way point in time but I have practiced it and practiced it and practiced it and practiced yeah. it and I don't yeah. know how many times I've practiced it you know if we put a number on it you're probably mm-hmm. talking thousands but you well, know and so the other thing is that it's one of those things that you're never done with, right? No. You, you don't teach them when they're a puppy and then figure that that, that behavior will be maintained um, without working on it, so. Yeah, and I mean, Chase is a case in point. She's uh, got a beautiful recall. Um, is very well-behaved, listens to me when I call her. She's seven and a half now, um, but with the COVID lockdown last year, <clears throat> I kind of lost my motivation to do training and... I actually saw deterioration in her behavior, not badly because she's such a good girl and I have put a lot of work into it. But um, yeah, I, I could actually see it in front of happening in front of me. It was quite interesting to watch really that um, just because I hadn't really been working on it. And, and, you know, for me at her level, it's more top ups, you know, I don't have mm-hmm. to train, train recall every single day. It's just a case of topping her up, but um, yeah. Yes. But yeah, but you, it was interesting to watch that she was getting a little bit less uh, attentive to me. Very good. Very good. It was a good social experiment. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
Okay, so um, today we talked about uh, when your dog has additional behavioral struggles, um, that it is important to prioritize. Sarah suggested finding a class to bring the fun and relationship back into, um, into the center. And um, we talked about nose work or trick training or, you know, whatever you think would be interesting for you and your dog. Um, We talked about having a discussion with your vet or vet behaviorist about uh, medication and whether that would be suitable for your dog. Uh, We talked about finding a trainer, but making sure that you do your research. Um, All trainers are not created equal. And finally, we talked about management strategies. So if you're not going to work on a particular behavior because it's not your top priority at the moment, then putting a management strategy in place will help make sure that your dog is not being exposed to fearful situations and to make sure that the behavior is not continuing to get worse over time. So um, that is the wrap up for today. I am Stacy Bell with Focused Fun in the U.S. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Focused Fun Dogs. And my website is focusedfun.net. Sarah? Uh, you've been listening to me, Sarah McLaren from Separation Anxiety Solutions. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram and my website, www.com separationanxietysolutions.com <laughs> oh dear and I'm Ness Jones I'm from Separation Anxiety in Dogs Decoded so you can find me on Facebook but if you'd like to get your hands on my reliable recall course then uh, by all means jump on my website which is roughdiamonds.dogservices um, if you want to take a leaf out of Stacy's book you can go skipping naked through the trees with your dog <laughs> to help bond with them um i'm sure you'll get a lot out of that <laughs> uh, you have been listening to tales from the doghouse separation anxiety explained you can find us on apple google stitcher spotify and other awesome listening apps we'll be back next week with another exciting episode see you then bye Thank you.